Welcome back to Daring Parenting, and thank you for joining us today. We're continuing with part two of our interview with Cheryl Denham. Cheryl used to own a dog training business and now is going to share her knowledge with us. We talked before about COVID-19 and restrictions being lifted, and what does that mean for our pets? What does that mean for our dogs when we start going back into a different schedule? So Cheryl is going to educate us a bit about how to do that in a thoughtful way and also a tip about training. 15 minutes of training equals one hour of a walk? Yes. But first things first, let's talk about schedules. So should we get a little bit maybe more structured with this? I know some people I know during this lockdown have got a strict structure. My daughter, especially having a child who's in online school. So she's got a very strict structure. Would it help us to kind of have that as we plan to go forward? For example, my dog getting so much more exercise than before. Structure is always a positive for a dog. They like the structure. They like a straight line. Unfortunately, we as humans almost never go in a straight line. So yes, if you've got something that you can put yourself back into a, a structure, whether it's meal time, exercise time, crate time, if they are still crated, and that helps them get back into a schedule just like it will for us. You know, I believe that this whole pandemic has brought out the good in many people and has helped us take a look at our lives. And I thought, really, I realized my dog does need more exercise than she was getting. Do you think that some of what we may have seen with our animals we can take forward from this instead of just going back to our old ways? Absolutely. One of the things that we've, we have always seen in dog behavior is dogs are workers. They, they like their exercise. They need to use their brains. Just like we do, we get bored whether we're not being physical or not using our brains. And our animals used to work the farms. They used to work the pastures. And now they wait at home for us. So any exercise that your dog can get is a positive, just like for us. We're, we're better people when we exercise. And for a dog, it doesn't have to be you know, three hours of, of basketball. It can be a good walk. It can be a structured walk. It can be a sit and stay training. Anytime we use their brain, it makes them just as tired as a good long walk because they've got to think about what you're asking. Will you speak to that a little bit more? Because it's one thing I've discovered with my dog. She's very smart. And for her, her brain has to be engaged almost more than she needs the physical exercise. Depending on the read, it, and in general, most dogs, they have a job to do, and it's like us. If you have a child that's a good thinker, and you don't give them the right things to think about and do, they're going to find their own ideas of what, what to do. So yes, it's been said that 15 minutes of, of training, which can be, a, a, again, sit, stay, come when called, fetch, 15 minutes of, of that kind of head work equals almost a, an hour of walking. Oh, nice. Yeah, for, for those who don't have an hour or may not have an hour when we all go back to those normal schedules, a couple of minutes of one-on-one, eye-to-eye, uh, direction-to-direction means so much to our dogs. And we all have 10 or 15 minutes where sometimes we may not have an hour. That's a great suggestion. 
And one other thing that you brought up when we talked about doing this show is people who adopted dogs from shelters during this time because they were at home and they wanted to help out or they were bored or needed company. What are your recommendations for people who've recently gotten dogs during this lockdown? It's really the same thing. The dog that they adopted only knows one situation and that's having everybody at home. So it's even more important for that dog as they're getting to know their family is to know that they're going to come and go. And especially if there are children in, in the household, those children need to get up and go as well. So that dog starts to understand, okay, it's still okay. I'm all by myself. And where did everybody go? But then they come back and all is well. It's going to be tough because some behaviors are going to change when we all go back to that schedule. So we can expect to see a little bit of, I don't want to say relapse, but a little bit of shakiness going back into this because it's new to everybody. Yeah, I think dogs are going to, going to start adjusting just like we we have to adjust in going back. The dogs are going to wonder what the heck happened. And because a lot of these were shelter dogs, different traits are going to come out, different behaviors are going to come out. My suggestion is to get in contact with a, a local in-home trainer. That has always been my idea that training dogs is about us training people. Dogs know who they are and what they're doing. We're the ones that tend to confuse them. So if you find that you need help with the dog that, that you've taken on, and we thank you for that, it's, it's an amazing surprise to this virus. But there are trainers out there who are looking to train you so that you have the hands-on with your dog. And especially during coronavirus, they can do it virtually. Again, we're putting the power in the human's hands. Not, it's not about us being great because we're trainers and we come in and do the job and then leave you hanging. We want you to be able to do it. And that's what a good trainer will do. So a good trainer doesn't necessarily take your dog away for a couple of months, return you with a dog that's perfectly trained. They actually help you become the trainer. Yes. Um, if, if someone's taken your dog, they've become their leader. They've become the person that your dog is looking to for direction. And we'd rather you have the skills because you're there every day. We want to see where the dog gets fed, how you go in and out of the house, how your, your household works so that we don't uproot the dog and, and give it a whole different family. All right, Cheryl, I know you're not a marriage counselor, but <laughs> what do you do in a household, let's say, uh, dad's working at home, mom's working at home, kids are going to school online, and dog is there. And one of the parents is a disciplinarian and the other one is permissive. How do you not get the dog confused in a situation where it's used to listening to maybe one person? There's always going to be a stronger leader than the other. And, and this often happens where the parents are of different philosophies. Often the trainer can be that mediator and explain to the disciplinarian to bring it down a couple of notches. More likely, it's people that don't want to discipline. They, they love their dogs. They want to be lovey-dovey. And I found this to be even in very powerful people who had very powerful positions, they didn't want to be the disciplinarian. So if, if you let the dog get away with too much, it's the same thing that happens with a, a human child. If you let them get away with too much, they're going to they're gonna make wrong choices. So sometimes the trainer can bring the two together in their individual ways, where the disciplinarian needs to step back a bit and the easygoing, you know, dog lover 
needs to step up a bit. We don't take anything away from a dog lover. What we do is ask them to give something back to their dog in the way of leadership. And so that's a lot of it, it sounds like, is reframing it from you're being harsh on the dog to you're showing the dog what a good leader is. Yes. And this in never in any way, and I just want to be clear, nothing you suggest or that I've ever learned from you would include any kind of physical punishment. There's never a reason to ever physically punish a dog um, that, that can lead to biting. If you think about what our hands are to our dogs, they should be loving and kind or have a treat or a bowl of food. If you have to get to the point where you're physical, your dog sees your hands as, as the same as his mouth. What we do with our hands, a dog does with its mouth, teeth, and, and tongue. They taste, they, they play, they nibble, and they're going to respond in kind sooner or later. If you get to the point where you're that frustrated, again, just like with a child, you, you need to step away and rethink and maybe get somebody to help you, to guide you in, in what's going wrong with the dog. Patience is a virtue right now. And we have to remember our dogs are doing what dogs do. Until we figure that out and, and help guide them into the right behavior, they're going to continue with all they know. And all they know is being a dog. Cheryl Denham, you are a bastion of knowledge, and it's always so fun to learn from you. So thank you for sharing your knowledge. If you have questions about dog training, Cheryl is no longer in the business. <laughs> However, I can certainly uh, refer you to someone that's been good that was recommended by Cheryl. Thank you so much for talking to us today, Cheryl. Thank you so much for, for this guidance for people. It's, it's so incredibly necessary and, and good luck to all that have gotten those new babies. I love it. Thanks for listening to Daring Parenting. I'm your host, Lisa Henderson. And today we've been talking about re-entry into the world after the lifting of COVID-19 restrictions, what it will look like for us, really, and for our dogs. Thanks for joining us. If you want more information, please take a look at our website, daringparenting.com.